mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. It is Wednesday, January something. Is it the 11th? It is. Too late to still have my Christmas decorations up. Bobby said, promise me they're coming down by the 15th. And this might be because on the 16th of January, my dad and my stepmom, Cher Bear, Cheryl, the inspiration for Cheryl and the Duchess is basically there are a lot of women in my life called Cheryl that I really love a lot. There's Cheryl, formerly Cole, Sheza. Uh, my friend Alex, his mom is called Cheryl and she's amazing. She's basically the woman I want to be. And then my dad's wife, who is a great match for him. She's called Cheryl. So they're coming and they have a lot of respect for me because they, like uh, no guests ever, are coming from all the way in Canada for only one day. That is how you visit a family with a newborn. That's exactly how you do it. I uh, have Fena right now with me because she's obsessed, much like this one journalist called Katie, obsessed with me. We're going to do an article about Catherine's stand-up comedy routine on New Year's Eve, how she said she she sucks off her husband enthusiastically and pissed everyone off. First of all, Katie, that's not a news story. Did you envisage in journalist school that you were going to write articles like Catherine pisses everyone off by saying that she sucks off her husband. No, we're married. Do you know what? I had this exchange with someone on Instagram. I'm sure it's going to take me way too long to find. It turned out really well. This, this lovely woman. No, I can't find it. Basically, this woman reached out to me and she was very kind. She just said, Catherine, I've liked you, but I think your stand-up on New Year's Eve was inappropriate. We don't need to know the ins and outs of your sex life with your husband. And I said, exactly, babe. He's my husband. We're married. Like, who cares? The New Year's Eve show was on at midnight. So that's the kind of sexual comedy that you're getting from me at midnight. And may I just say that my last two shows had basically nothing sexual in them. I'm not this, like, sex, sex comedian. Uh, And I wish I was because sex is a universal language. And I feel like a lot of people connect to jokes about sex because guess what everybody's having sex and all the people who want to say it's really offensive your nana sucked a dick so slow your roll okay I promised last week that I would kick off with a solution for the dog lovers there was a letter last week and I won't get into details because I don't want to upset any dog lovers but there was a man who suffered from alcoholism who's going into a family pub a lot 
and they got to know him and they felt like he wasn't treating his dog very well and his dog was in a toxic environment basically and the girl said can I steal this dog and I said I don't think you can steal a dog but what can you do so here are some of the listener suggestions we have a lot of dog listeners no a lot of dog lovers listening Catherine, I'm writing about the dog stealing email. I had a very similar situation. When we reported to the RSPCA, we gave them our details for rehoming the dog. Once the dog was processed through their system, RSPCA rang us and we started the adoption process. Mabel has now lived with us for nearly 18 months. The only catch is that we had to live far enough away from the original owner. So your listener can definitely try to rescue and rehome that poor dog. Another one. Hello, I'm a student veterinary nurse, and we discuss this situation with dogs and alcoholism a lot at work. The girl who wrote the letter needs to reach out to the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, RCVS, via their helpline, or if she knows who the dog's vet is, she could raise the concern with them. Vets are well-placed to help with animal welfare issues and can help put together a plan to find what is best for the dog. Also, the Animal Welfare Act of 2006 does not allow a healthy dog to be put down unless there are zero other options, especially if you show willingness to rehome her yourself. Because I know this is one of the listener's main concerns. They said, I don't want to flag it up and then the dog gets taken away and I never find out, you know, if the dog's okay and they euthanize this dog because it was nine years old. But apparently, thanks to the Animal Welfare Act, you don't have to worry about that. Okay, here's another one basically reinforcing my original guess is that you cannot steal this dog. It says, Catherine, after listening to your podcast as a veterinary nurse, I thought it was best to write in. Unfortunately, you cannot take this dog away from the owner. Even though he's hurting it, you could be prosecuted. I know you don't want to call our SPCA, but that is the best course of action. It's unlikely they will remove the dog on a first visit unless the pet is in serious danger or terrible conditions. They will likely issue an order where they'll continue to monitor the situation and the owner to help try to protect the dog. If the dog is eventually seized from the owner, you can contact them to offer to help rehome it, but they will need to do behavioral assessments before that's even considered. Most pets that are seized are often moved away from the area uh, of their previous owners to prevent problems occurring. Yeah, you never want to run into an ex. You definitely don't want to bump into your seized dog. I appreciate the concern for the dog being euthanized if they can't find a home for it, but this abuse cannot be allowed to continue. The RSPCA have the authority to deal with this situation and keep everybody safe. Unfortunately, animal protection laws and procedures are in serious need of updating, so these situations can be challenging, but it is the best course of action. Okay, so I feel like the consensus, and there were so many emails, so thank you for writing in, but a lot of it pointed to advice exactly like this. I think that, you know, don't steal the dog like I first said, but definitely contact RSPCA. All right, back to regular programming of the podcast. I am still quite sick. Um, I don't understand what has happened in the world that now you can get a virus for like two months. And anytime you Google like how long's too long to have a cough, they always say like you could have a cough for five weeks. That's normal. Your child could have a cough for five weeks. Like it's cool. That feels like a very long time. And I know that my memory is not broken. I was robust enough to fight a cough in less time than that. Um, and those days are gone. I've just been sick for ages. And someone said to me the other day, maybe you need antibiotics. And I nearly tore their fucking face off because you know how I feel about antibiotics. I have been struggling a little bit, uh, just really knowing how to navigate having a teenager. Violet is kind and polite and we love her very much, but that's part of the problem too, because 
she's a bit Eddie Haskell. And if you were not uh, a viewer of Leave It to Beaver, look up Eddie Haskell. He is the cheeky best friend of Beaver Cleaver. And he, um, he, he was always nice to the mom, like, hey, I was, and everyone loved him, but he was kind of naughty underneath. And I know that it's very natural for 13-year-olds to get up to some naughty behavior, but like, I don't know how much of it to allow. And like when they're 13, I feel like 13 year old girls right now behave like 16 year old girls of my generation. And the other reality is like Bobby and I, we were the best of the best at getting away with stuff, being naughty. Obviously, we were in a physical relationship when we were 16. And we would lie and we would sneak about and when we had parties, you know, there was alcohol there. And the girls aren't doing any of that. But I don't know. I could see it. I could feel it coming, basically, like a tsunami. What's happening now is I can just feel through sheer vibes alone that the sea water is receding <laughs> slowly, slowly. And I feel like it's about to crash on in. And what can you do? Like, you can take away their devices, but then they need their devices at school. You can prevent them from hanging out face to face, but I think it's very healthy for them to hang out face to face. And um, there was some unkindness with one of the friends the other day. And I said, uh, why, why did you say that unkind thing to her? And Violet said, well, I had to. I said, why? She said, because if you mess with my family, it's over. And she had slagged you off. I said, she did? She said, yes, this girl was slagging you off. So I had no choice but to be unkind. And I said, well, that's not true. You do not have my permission to retaliate when people are unkind to me. Part of my job is to create a space where, like, I'm a public figure. I make fun of myself. People can make fun of me. These little girls at school might have overheard their parents disliking me or something. I'm kind of a target. I've made myself a target. And you need to be as okay with people slagging me off as I am with people slagging me off. You cannot retaliate on my behalf. You do not have my consent. I don't care, so you must not care. And the reward that we get is vacations in this beautiful house and I pay for your school. And, uh, oh, my friend, the postman's here. No, not for me. It's going to the neighbors. See ya. I support post people and the postal strike. It's frustrating, but you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, so I gave Violet this big speech. She's like, all right, mom, but you know, I am sorry. I just had to defend your honor. I was like, all right, not, not again. And then I found uh, this list <coughs> of all the things this little girl had said to upset the other girls. And she was slagging all of them off. She hadn't slagged me off once. I'm not even on the list. She had said loads of slams about all the other girls, not me. Violet brought me into it. What a... Like, I kind of have to applaud how smart she is because she made it completely about me, nothing about them. And like the audacity of going to someone while she was slagging you off. And she even offered examples of what this girl had said. She said, she said, you were ugly. You'd had too much plastic surgery. Your face was messed up. You're not funny. You're inappropriate. And now I come to find Violet thought of all these things on her own. This little girl never said any of that shit about me. I was like, Violet, what the fuck? I found the list. I'm not on it. She's like, well, uh, she doubled down. She's like, she said these things separately about you a different time. No, 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 she didn't. You came up with these things. You put me in the middle of the crossfire to try <clears throat> to act like 
your retaliation was virtuous and you were defending your mom. You were not defending your mom. You girls are just having a normal disagreement. Bullshit. And I can't really get into any specifics or anything else that may or may not have been going on with the girls because ultimately I do respect their privacy. I've told you that story because that story is mostly about me and Violet comes out of it looking really funny, actually. Um, but I mean, I, I just can't really talk about her life on this podcast because I respect her and I don't want to get into, you know, her private life. Similarly, I think that Bobby and I are going to have to have some very serious conversations about taking the little ones off social media. We have shared pictures of Fred for the first year and a half of his life. I feel like showing a photo of a newborn or a baby, like I don't think it really infringes upon their individuality or their right to own their own image. I think there's a cutoff point. I've always said when Fred gets to kind of the age he is now, then he shouldn't be on Instagram and he should have some privacy. He certainly shouldn't be like on it every day, his whereabouts, his face, like what he's doing. I've always been very cautious of how much I share. Something has happened in the comedy community. And I hate to even discuss it on this podcast because it's still a developing situation, um, but it's very serious. There's a comedian, not someone I know very well, but someone I have worked with, someone whose work I was very much a fan of. He has admitted to, though I don't think he's been convicted, I think there was an initial court hearing and he's going to be sentenced next month. So maybe it's. I don't know about British law. Maybe there's no room for a usual like jury and judge conviction. Maybe it's just like, do you refute these claims? No, I don't. I admit and I will accept my punishment is what he said. Okay, so he appeared in court after admitting to downloading while they call it. Look, this is a separate issue. It's called in this article child pornography. But there is no such thing as child, you know, pornography because it's not a child can't give their consent a child shouldn't ever be anywhere near a part of that industry so they are illegal images of a child I refuse to put those two words together I think it's really toxic but anyway so the incident he said um was due to a mental health issue under the influence of an overdose of prescription drugs for ADHD this excuse for downloading these images to me like the my heart wants to believe that and go, oh, great. Phew, it's a mistake. Excellent. You know, you never want to think that someone sought out these images on purpose and downloaded them. But the reality is this excuse is really, really problematic to the mental health community, really, really problematic to people understanding prescription drugs, understanding ADHD. And I have to hold my hands up and say, like, this podcast is just about my reactions and opinions to things in the world. I am not an expert, but I feel like if I was on prescription drugs for ADHD and all of a sudden you introduced the idea that taking too many medic too many pills was all of a sudden going to make me download child images that were illegal, like I would be very offended by that. I'd be hang on. This creates a stigma against people like me who have ADHD if I if I'm that person. Do you know what I mean? So I think if you want if you want to know more about that reaction, I'm sure people in the mental health community can tell you a lot more about that. But as an outsider, 
I feel like using that as an excuse is not an excuse, even though my original reaction was like, oh, good. Oh, thank goodness. There's an excuse. But I feel like it's it doesn't hold up for me personally. So he said he downloaded and deleted a large amount of adult pornography over a short period of time. Within those downloads, it appears there were some child images that he did not seek out, nor did he want. And he doesn't have interest like that in children. And of course, he's bitterly upset. Like, I think we just have to remember that like this, these people or people who commit offenses like this, whatever the reason was, they're in our wider circles. They might follow you on Instagram. They might follow you on Facebook. They might not, but they might be the uncle of someone that you're friends with who has access to your Instagram account. Like it's really important to consider that there are people who walk among us who might like seem very normal and you would never ever suspect that they would have uh, either accidental ability to download images or like devious intent to download images. I can't really comment on exactly what happened. So basically, is it even safe to have images of your children? anywhere now they, they might not be indecent images of your children but you just don't know sometimes you don't even know something might seem very innocent to you but could appear to be indecent to someone else i'll admit there have been times that i've nearly posted a photo and had to think like uh are there people who are seeking out weird images of kids that i need to watch out for like i've had to think so carefully about exactly what my children are wearing, what's going on in the photo, like if it could be construed the wrong. And that is a sad world to live in. But I don't know. I think you don't get hauled into court for possessing images that depict child abuse unless you got yourself there deliberately. That is my opinion on the thing. And that's, you know, this, like I said, is a developing situation. And I hope to God, obviously, I hope this is all a big mistake. I wish that all child abuse was not real and was all one big mistake. And I know that you just, you want to share with your friends and family, like, oh, here's my child doing this and doing that. And the first day at school, the worst images every year are like, here's my child in their school uniform at our door that shows our address, our child's name, and exactly where they go to school and what grade they're in. And here they are also holding a chalkboard that depicts like everything they like, their favorite food, who their teacher is. Like people don't think sometimes because people aren't sick, you know, they just think that's a lovely photo of my child and shows like exactly how tall they are and you know what their favorite animal is. But like you could be giving information to a nefarious source or to a, someone who might sell such information to a nefarious source and like it's gross and it has upset me deeply for the last two days since I found out about it but the reality is that's the world we live in and you have to be so careful about what if anything you put online so like immediately I'm pulling back on how much of the kids I put I think lately even for the past few weeks I've been putting kind of the back of Fred's head or like just what we've been doing a little bit, like just glimpses of our family, because I like having a relationship with people who follow me online. And you guys message me a lot and I message you back and I like to see your kids and you like to see my kids. But like for the 0.001%, I mean, some of it's not worth it. So this is a reminder to you to like keep your wits about you.
like what you post, if anything, needs to be very minimal. And the same goes for me too, because you never know when someone that you originally, and again, I didn't know this guy well. I only worked with him a couple times, but I thought, oh, that's cool. He's really funny and really talented. Okay. And now I believe something different. So I don't know. In much lighter news, Prince Harry's memoir, and yes, he still calls himself Prince Harry on the cover. Uh, It's called Spare. It just says Prince Harry on his forehead and then Spare on his neck. And it is a hot photo. It really looks like it's from one of those like war films to gritty. Annie Leibovitz probably shot it. I don't know. It's just his handsome, handsome, symmetrical face, ginger graying beard. This has been all over the news because Prince Harry really spices it up. He slams William for being bald and old. He talks about William fighting him and breaking his necklace, which is very brotherly, by the way. It's not like, you know, a huge bombshell. But he talks a lot about his life, his dating life, his sex life, his family life. Lots of juicy tidbits in there. I asked one of my friends, are you going to buy the book Spare? And she said, no, because you'd be able to read everything about it every day in the press. Anyhow, but I was thinking I wanted to download the audiobook because it has long been a dream of mine to be lulled to sleep by Prince Harry's smooth, sultry voice. And that's exactly what I got. I'm on chapter three currently, but I haven't listened to barely a word of this book because as soon as he starts to talk, I fall asleep. Here's um, a little excerpt. This is where I'm at. While summering about more, Granny asked that the piper play her a wig and play her to dinner. His instrument looked like a drunken octopus, except that its floppy arms were etched silver and dark mahogany. We'd seen the thing before, many times, but that night he offered to let us hold it. See, I don't really like that style of writing. There's a lot of description of like, and then the leaves, autumn leaves were falling, in Windsor Castle, and I thought to myself, Frogmore Cottage was always where I thought I would live with my children. And it's like, I don't need to hear about the leaves. I like the kind of autobiography that's written like mine, you know, conversationally, or like Katie Price. Like, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to hear about, you know, the posh nuance of your everyday. But I mean, it's still got loads of hits, and I can't wait to get to them. But currently, I keep falling asleep. And I think that that is... If that's what you buy an audiobook for, job well done because sleep is priceless. So, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get through it, but I do appreciate that as soon as I take the kids to bed, I fall instantly asleep. Instantly asleep. I'll be reading about what's in the book with the rest of you in the media. I think it's like the fastest selling nonfiction book in the UK. It sold 400,000 copies in its first day, which is loads. I think mine sold like 60,000. Um, it is number one. Obviously, it's an instant bestseller. I'm happy people are buying it. Like, you know, let the publishers at least claw back some of the 30 million they gave him for the book. And a lot of people are like, well, why is he telling all these secrets and appearing on an Anderson Cooper interview and going on Oprah? And then Megan has a book coming out as well. Like, why, 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 if they want privacy? And that's a fine opinion to have. Like, Bobby, as you know, is not a huge fan of the Duke and Duchess. Neither is his daughter, Fenna Grace, because every time I put the book on, I have to leave it very, very quiet. If she can hear Prince Harry's voice, she's not happy. She fusses. She's like, who is that man? So I have to turn it right down, pop it under my pillow, and maybe that's why I fall asleep so quickly. But I mean, 
I don't know. I think you should pay an artist for their work. Don't just read about it in the Daily Mail and like through the lens of a right-wing journalist who hates them anyway. It's like, I think what they might be doing is, uh, I saw a tweet that says they're emptying the clip, which is like no bullets left in the gun, right? They're like, here's everything about us. And now you don't have to chase us for anything. You can leave us alone. I think they might be emptying the clip. Prince Harry certainly is. He brings up loads of stuff. Like he talks about his relationship with Caroline Flack even, which I don't think her friends and family are pleased about. But, you know, I'm only reading reports. I have to listen to the actual book before I can give you an honest review. If you want the book, it's available now. If you want my book, it's called The Audacity. It's available as an audiobook, Kindle, hard copy, uh, soft copy, whatever that's called, paperback. <laughs> and I wish that I could detail my sexual exploits with Prince Harry in it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm happy with, you know, my history of relationships. Well, no, I'm not. I'm deeply unhappy with my history of relationships. What I'm saying is I have no regrets. Um, I'm going to leave you now to listen to some words from our sponsors. And when we will return with our emails, I still can't string a sentence together. What the fuck? I've had this baby three weeks ago. My brain is still mush, but I'm trying my best and I'm here. I'm here for you. If you ever want to write me a letter, it's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. If you need advice, if you want to talk about something, if you want to slag me off, whatever you want, just don't let Violet hear about it. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. The first email, Catherine, settling down at 22. I have been with my girlfriend for three years. I love her now more than ever. We moved into our first apartment together in July 2022, and she's closing on a house in a week. While I am not the homeowner, we're splitting expenses for furnishing, painting, mortgage payments, and moving. Well, that's weird. You definitely shouldn't be splitting the mortgage and the furniture and everything if you're not on the deed I feel like do you know what I mean yes like she put down the whole deposit but it just feels like slightly unbalanced I don't know does it I don't know if that's right 
I think she should pay more because she is the owner of an appreciating asset and you are not. You're just giving her money to enhance her ownership of an asset and you come out of it with no asset if this goes tits up. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that you shouldn't pitch in, but I'm not sure on the math. Okay. We are in our early 20s. We are almost fresh from college. Don't get me wrong. I'm very lucky to have the opportunity to live in a house with my partner right out of school, but I'm having some nerves about missing out on what everyone glorifies as the roaring 20s. Is there anything you feel like you missed out on in your 20s? Do you have any advice for a 22-year-old on how to get the most out of her 20s while being kind of a homeowner and a good partner? Well, let me just reiterate, you are not a homeowner. (laughs) You aren't. Lesbians, no offense. You guys, in my personal experience with friends, you go all in. And then sometimes you break up. And you usually remain friends and stuff. And like everyone gets equal visitation of the cat. And I appreciate that about your community. But like... You've been together your whole adult life since you were 19. Maybe this is the relationship for you. Um, It depends on what you want. Like you have not really been able to tell me about your travel goals, your career goals, your family goals. So it's a tricky one. I don't think, and I don't want to generalize based on like gender, but like I definitely never had a desire to like go out and bang lots of people. And I never had a desire to do anything really that I couldn't do with a partner because you can live with roommates or you can live with the love of your life and you can still like, let's say you wanted to go backpacking through Thailand. You were like, I'm going to bounce for six months or your girlfriend might come with you. Or let's say you wanted to try to work in a different country for a while. Like that would be something that you'd chat about whether or not you lived together and something that you might be able to achieve together. I would never break up just for the sake of like, oh, I got to sow my wild oats in my roaring 20s. Like you could be with this person for all of your 20s, by the way, and have a very fulfilling relationship and then break up and be single in your 30s. And that is still like a roaring time. So personally, I always was in a relationship, but I did lots of fun, fun things in my early 20s. And then by your age, I pretty much settled down and I would never think looking back that I missed out on anything when I look back at other comedians and how they spent their time I would not trade my experience in my 20s for theirs I feel like you should keep the people you love close and there's nothing you can't do in this relationship unless you want to date other people or bang other people and when you're 22 I feel like that's an option that's on the table is to have an open relationship not in my day But you guys are all really open now, so I don't see the problem. I don't see the problem, but get yourself some different homeowner arrangement because you can't be contributing half when she has an appreciating asset and you don't. Well, I just took a break to go out to lunch with my gorgeous husband, Bobby Kay. He wanted to go, well, we both wanted to go to his member's golf club. And we're like, yeah, let's have lunch there. And then you can do nine holes I'll do my podcast in the little dining area. Have a few glasses of wine with Fena. It'll be great. Fred's babysitter's here today. She's now my favorite person on earth. In the beginning, I was like, I don't want anyone babysitting Fred. And now I'm like, bye, Fred. Only because I have to hold Fena 24 hours of the day and Fred's 18 months and he's like slamming around. So he does need someone to take him for like a little bit of the morning to the park to do some physical things. Anyway, Bobby comes to me and he says, bad news, there's a lot of wind today. 
so I don't think we should go to the golf club. I said, oh, all right. I was all dressed up. And by dressed up, I mean I'd had a shower. And then uh, he goes, so I'm just going to go to the driving range and you stay here. I was like, no. So he's cheating on me. No, he's not. But then he came back from the driving range. He said, let's go to just across the street and have a glass of wine. So we went and it was lovely. And now I'm back. And he took a photo of me while we were there. And my face looks fatter than ever. Is it? Does breastfeeding give you the same sort of facial water retention as being pregnant does? Because I promise you, I have gained weight since Fenna was born. And everyone said to me in my ninth month of pregnancy, oh my God, you're so small. You look so great. And I said, yes, that's true. Wait until you see me in two weeks after she's born. And I'm fucking fatter than I was. Anyway, that's fine. I had a nice time. Oh no, here's someone who really is cheating. The next email says, Catherine, can I move past his cheating? It's 5.22 a.m. I found out my boyfriend of four years cheated on me tonight when I was away for a Christmas party. I work from home fully, so it was the first time meeting everyone. I suffer from anxiety, so that was an ordeal in itself. The irony is I only realized because I was talking about him to someone and I messaged him to say I was thinking of him. He sits on his phone all day and all night, so it was very weird for him not to reply for two full hours. All my friends are shocked, and obviously there are two sides to every story. I'm sure he has his reasons. My question to you is, should I forgive him? Is it okay to forgive him? Or should I respect myself more and move on? I've had a string of short relationships before him that were abusive, so I'm confused and shocked. I'm ready to move past this, but if I do, do I not respect myself? Is that what that means? I know that you will be brutally honest with me. Well, you don't know for sure that he cheated on you just because he didn't message you back for two hours. Like, I assume you have other evidence. But here's the thing. If you are someone who wants to be in a monogamous relationship where someone else doesn't cheat and they have cheated, then with a few exclusions where, you know, the person really, truly is remorseful and had this great epiphany, learned something new and they have to still be punished and make like a total life change and huge effort to win you back. Those are the only exceptions. But in every other case, you know, they probably are going to do it again or they did it because your relationship was lacking some strength that you thought it had. But also, just because this is your first partner who's not abusive doesn't mean this is the best partner for you. Um, I think that especially when you've been in a string of really bad relationships, the best of the worst really feels like the one. You go, oh my God, this person's amazing. They don't abuse me. And that's a really toxic way to live your life because you deserve so much more than someone who isn't abusive. And by the way, concealing and lying and cheating, I think is a little bit abusive. And it's definitely lower than you should expect for yourself if your goal is to be in a monogamous relationship. So you always want to forgive the person just because it it really hurts to break up. It hurts. Even if it's the right thing, it's so painful. You just want that pain to go away. But if you're not actually solving the issues, if you're just getting back with them because it feels nice, definitely don't get back with them. And if this person, like, again, I don't know the circumstances, if they're so sorry and they make like a huge effort to show you how much they've changed and they really learned a lesson from this, then, you know, it's your life. It's your private relationship. If you make a very informed decision to get back with this person for the right reasons, not just because you feel vulnerable, 
then of course you can respect yourself. You know, you need to decide what's best for you. And I think that's key. Having self-respect means owning your decisions and being confident that like, you don't really give a shit what anybody else thinks. But just, oh, I've got back with people just because I was hurting. And if it's for that reason, forget it. I've got an email about cosmetic surgery. Oh shit, Bobby's calling me. Ooh, ooh. Yellow. Hi, sorry to interrupt you. No, you're all right. Um, oh, there's Gabby. I'm just looking for Violet still. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she is, but... I mean... Appointment's at three, right? Yes, her appointment's at three, but I guess we didn't flag with her that you would then need to be there before three to get her there uh, for sure. three. Well, we're going to be much late then. How long have you been waiting? Five minutes. We have to, like, right now, if we left right now, we'd get there just after three. Okay. Uh, so it might be worth reaching out to the dental pack. I can call them. Mm. I just don't know where Violet is. I've not heard from her, so maybe she thinks she's getting out at three. I have no idea. Yeah, we got to get in touch. Okay. Um, I could check her schedule, see what class she's in, and call the school. I'll wait a few minutes to do that. Okay. And then I wouldn't worry about being late. She's just going to be in and out for, like, a quick bracket fix. All right. All right. I love you. She's going to be another half hour, then that's a different story. Yeah, that would be bad. We'll find her before then. Okay. All right. I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. This girl, this girl, this girl. Okay. Catherine, I'd like to ask your opinion on uh, cosmetic adjustment. You speak freely on Botox and fillers, which is great. What are your thoughts on cellulite and fat removal methods? I have many thoughts. There are many options these days, fat freezing, radio frequency options, and deoxycholic acid injections, to name a few non-surgical methods. Okay, so I would say from an unexpert civilian opinion that all of these methods are bullshit. Bullshit. You can maybe reduce a bit of cellulite through like lymphatic drainage massage and different things like that. Like, I think maybe, and I haven't had any of these treatments, but I feel like maybe cellulite can be sort of reduced temporarily, sort of. But you will never see a dramatic change unless you get surgical liposuction, which I'm sure you can get if you're awake. And I haven't done this either, but I do know of people who have been to, all right, now it can be dangerous to go abroad and get plastic surgery. Because you never know, like, I just think it's safer to stay in the country and go to someone that you know is board certified. But I have seen incredible things from this guy on Instagram called Dr. Serbulent, S-E-R-B-U-L-E-N-T. I know people in real life who've had um, fat repositioning by him, which is like, it's kind of on its way out as a fashion thing. But it's when you get liposuction, then they put the fat back in your butt. If you go to the wrong person for this, like a BBL basically, it can kill you because the fat can enter a blood vessel and that blood fat thing in your blood vessel goes to your brain or your heart and you die or your lungs. So that's why it's really important not to go to just anybody. But I know people who've been to this guy in Turkey and he looks like really, really crazy talented. Your money is better spent on like something for your soul but I don't shame people who want to do this kind of stuff. If you have like a big sort of skin issue or you have like an apron of tummy that you want to remove, I have seen incredible results from tummy tucks as well. But most people don't need a tummy tuck. But I do think from Dr. Serbulence liposuction and tummy tucks, I've seen incredible things on people. Incredible things. Would I do this if I needed to? One day, maybe. 
but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd waste my time with like fat freezing and injections and blah, blah, blah. No, like you're running around doing that stuff. You'd be better off just maybe looking at your diet and exercising if you wanted to shape your body differently. And there is some stubborn fat that can only be removed through liposuction and like that's the tea. Okay, so you have very stubborn fat on your thighs that you do not feel comfortable with. I find it difficult to feel comfortable in shorts, most clothing. I have tried many diet and exercise regimes, but nothing shifts my inner thigh bulge. What your options? What are your options for these non-surgical procedures? Do you think they're worth the cost? Will they effectively work? Or are they something that will require maintenance? There isn't any clear information. Yeah. Okay, so I wouldn't do it. I really wouldn't. And can I also say that for balance, I have seen liposuction look really bad and leave like weird holes. So if you wanted to go the route of Turkish liposuction, if, and I'm not suggesting that you should, I would go Dr. Serbulent. I, per- I personally would from what I've seen from my friends. But uh, all these lasers and stuff, I just, I'm not buying into it. I don't, I don't. Maybe some lymphatic drainage massage, that's it. Okay, I'm putting out fires. I found my daughter. She was just taking a sweet time getting from her locker to the car. She broke a bracket on her orthodontic brace, so Bobby had to pick her up and take her to get that fixed. That breaks approximately once every two weeks. So, yeah, if uh, it sucks. Okay, Catherine, concerned for our friend, Sex work led to a boyfriend 36 years older. Yikes. My daughter has a friend who's 28. She has known her since high school. They're very close and they have a close bond. Yes, that's what being very close is. This friend has had a hard time with grief. She unfortunately lost her father when she was 11. And I do believe she found... Oh, found him. Oh. Okay, so he took his life and she found him. So it was even more traumatic. When she finished school, she went straight into sex work. She's one of those young women who wanted to have the flexibility and money of sex work and wanted to finish university without huge bills. So she went along with it. She's very intelligent and slightly quirky, but a lovely young woman. It turns out she met a man while she was, while he was a client. He was a client for two years. He's 64. And you know the old, I'm not having sex with my wife, so better go see a young sex worker who's the same age as my old daughter thing. She, ugh, he has somehow worked his way into this young woman's life. He lives with her. They're in a relationship. He lives with her rent-free. He pays for nothing. He was with her in the bubble um, during the pandemic and has not told his family about her at all. It's a secret from them. She only has my daughter and one other friend who's standing by her. My daughter cannot stand this man. She's so worried about his, her friend, and she thinks he's creepy, and she just can't stand to see her friend in this situation. She doesn't want to lose her friend, so she hasn't told her how she feels, but she is on the verge of telling her, but she doesn't know how to say, this man is a fucking creep. Her mother will not acknowledge this man as her daughter's partner. It's hard to know how to approach her, and even if my daughter should approach this girl, she's so weirded out. 36 years is not going to end well as an age gap. I mean, it's the. So I started following this therapist on TikTok just because I feel like she is so interesting and she says things that I already know, but she articulates them in a really cool way. Let me tell you her handle it is 
at the holistic psych. And her name is Dr. Nicole Lapera. Where does she live? It doesn't even say. Like, it just kind of got influenced into my timeline. Oh, she's followed by a lot of British people. Oh my God, my agent follows her. Weird. Greg Davies follows her. Cool. A lot of people that I know and love follow this woman. So she must. Mike Yerksa follows her. He's my friend from Canada. I guess this woman's really, really famous. Canadians follow her. Trevor Noah follows her. Who is this renegade? Okay. Oh, Akala follows her. And he's like the smartest person ever. Okay. So at the holistic psych. And she talks about, oh, family dynamics, relationships, trauma, like in very clear, concise tweets. She explains like why you might be an addict. She explains sibling abuse. This made me feel really bad. It was like, oh, someone who suffered sibling abuse is more likely to get into a violent romantic relationship, especially if it was an older sister. And I was like a complete bitch to specifically Joanne. (laughs) Won't surprise you to learn growing up and you go, oh my God, am I creating these patterns? So maybe what your daughter could do, if I could just drop this Twitter account into it, your daughter could just bring up with her friend, oh, do you know, if so, now she can't bring it up, can she? Like a daddy complex. She can't bring that up. It's too obvious. Okay. Maybe she could bring up something else that this Twitter account tweeted. A few other things that have nothing to do with clearly like getting into sex work. Uh, First of all, some people get into sex work for very empowered reasons, but some people don't. And they're either sex trafficked or traumatized. It's It's a real nuanced whole kettle of fish. But it sounds to me like this girl might have gotten into it because she was traumatized. And it also sounds like she's playing out this weird daddy thing with this old man. But I'm not a professional. So maybe if, okay, I'll read some tweets that your daughter could, um, ooh, your daughter could start with this tweet just 19 minutes ago. The gut and the brain are in constant communication via the gut-brain axis. Our gut has a microbiome and the health and diversity of our microbiome impacts our mental wellness. Well, that's great. Here's another good one. Six things to understand after ending a toxic relationship. And then it's a whole thread. Um, oh, this one's really good too. When you grow up managing adults' rage or their outbursts, you learn to appease people when they're abusive rather than learning it's a cue to remove yourself. And then there's a whole thread about that. How to heal yourself. That's really cool. Oh, here's how to cope with this dynamic if it's present in your family. Have clear boundaries, blah, 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 blah. I mean, she's just so great. Oh talks about um, your position in birth, like if you're oldest child, middle child, youngest child, golden child. What? Oh, compassionate ways to look at behaviors, even toxic behaviors of people that you love. Oh, this is a really, really cool. Okay. I know this about addiction, but just to read it so concisely, addiction comes from an attempt to self-soothe a dysregulated nervous system. Made me have more empathy for addicts in my life. Six habits that will drastically change your emotional health. All right. So everyone needs to follow this Twitter account at the holistic psych, P-S-Y-C. And then that's like a real casual way to introduce some of this stuff. Because I think that if everyone just says to this girl, we hate your partner, he's a creep. She seems like she's a real think outside the box, like independent person. 
because she's gone into sex work. I'm sure she was met with lots of criticism, but she did it anyway because she wanted to do it. She didn't want to have student loans. So she did this. You know, she's someone who just does whatever she wants to do. So if she leaves this man, it has to be her own idea. So all that you can do is point her in the direction of figuring it out for herself. But she's really lucky that your daughter is still standing by her because the more someone is ostracized in a bad relationship, the more they have nothing else to cling on to but that relationship. And they dig their heels in, especially, you know, if this girl is anything like me, she'll want to prove to everyone that they were wrong. And this man is amazing, even if he isn't. So I think being supportive is the best thing that you can do. And then just kind of nudge her towards uh, you are fucking a very old man. Get out now. Guys, thank you so much for your patience with me while my immune system is at an all-time low. I hope to survive the fucking symphony of diseases that I have right now. Do you know, Bobby found a wart on the bottom of my foot yesterday. It's not been confirmed medically as a wart, but hundreds of you sent me messages saying, yes, that is a damn wart. And why did that happen? Karma, because I popped in to a nail salon that was not my usual nail salon. And I got a pedicure there with Fena, and I really think I got a wart. And I have blisters on my lips, and my lungs are broken. And Fena's worth it. Fena's worth it, but I'm deteriorating mentally and physically with every passing day. So I hope I can turn it around. It's just a little winter uh, collection of illnesses. Please keep writing me emails, telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Please keep listening to the podcast. If you haven't seen my special misses, you can watch it on Sky or Now TV. If you have not seen Romantic Getaway, my comedy series that I feature in, written and created by Ramesh Ranganathan and Ben Green, that's on Sky and Now TV. Um, I, I wish you all well. I hope you're all looking after each other. And I will speak to you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com